passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This post-wrestling podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible, conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister and putting away more money for retirement. Because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. time in a long time but it seems like just yesterday when we were side by side beast mode no one's blocking our way <laughs> these other guys tried it but them man ain't got the skills of brazen and davy brazen and raging bringing you the thrills and spills right here in full gear about to blow up like tnt us man are too sweet brady bbp the bb elite right here in full gear about to blow up like tnt us man are too sweet brady bbp the bb elite Hello, hello, hello. Davey Portman here for BD Elite, part of Up Next, postwrestling.com, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, wherever you found your podcast. Hello, welcome. Thank you for listening to us. And yes, if you're listening on the post wrestling feed, this is not Rewind a Dynamite. John and Wei are having a much deserved week off. Uh, it's the holidays, obviously. They're spending time with their loved ones, they're relaxing, I hope. So uh, you've got me this week, I'm sorry, but yes, it is me in its place. BD Elite is a show uh, Braden Harrington and I do every Wednesday on our Up Next feed, um, but we thought we'd give it to you post-wrestling listeners as well this week uh, to make up for the, uh, the lack of Rewinder Dynamite. But you might notice if you are watching this on Twitch, because we are live, twitch.tv slash up next podcast every Tuesday and Wednesday at 10.15. I am not joined by my usual partner in crime, Braden Harrington, uh, the B in BD elite. But I have another B. Instead, I've got a B from Detroit filling in for Braden this week, who is currently still stuck in Mexico. Uh, all send him your best. He's doing fine. He's having pina coladas. He's he's not having the worst time of his life. But uh, yes, we still haven't quite got him back to Canada yet. But we do have B America, B Detroit. How are you, my friend? How's it going? Oh, thank you. Thank you, Davey, for uh, inviting me to this show. Uh, thank you to the uh, Post Wrestling Universe for having me. It's uh, my debut. I feel good. You know, let's uh, look into this weird dynamite episode that we're going to talk about uh, that Braden got to miss while he's sipping pina coladas. Cancun, bro. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I was chatting to Braden during the show. He was watching this in his hotel room in Mexico. His uh, his brother apparently really liked the beginning of the show. Was super into Luchasaurus and the Lucha Brothers, and then kind of uh, lost interest as it went along. And uh, I think that kind of sums up my sentiments on tonight's show. <laughs> but uh, we won't give it all away so early. But uh, yeah, it's currently the 29th of December. It's AEW's New Year's Smash. And uh, B, like, how, how was your Christmas? How was how was everything? Uh, maybe maybe tell people who aren't familiar with you, because I'm sure our, our next listeners are aware of who you are through uh, your show with John Ceno turning heels. And you've got uh, the Detroit Players uh, podcast. But uh, <laughs> oh, let that. maybe the, the post listeners uh, know who you are and what you're about. Uh, yeah, just a long time listener of uh, post wrestling and um, actually became good friends with you guys through uh, listening to Up Next. And uh, we just kind of hit it off and um, I started doing shows with you guys and kind of gave me the confidence to make my own podcast. And I thank you guys a lot for that. So, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you. We we had some fun. Um, I'm currently on day eight of my, uh, my, my isolation. I tested positive for COVID uh, just over a week ago. Uh, it's not been too bad for me. Uh, symptoms have been very mild. The last couple of days, I have been uh, pretty exhausted, to be honest. I don't know if that's from the COVID or just not being able to really go out and, and walk and get fresh air and exercise and all that. But other than that, I've been managing to keep pretty sane during this Christmas period. And we definitely had some fun Christmas Eve. We had a few listeners on uh, kind of on a bit of a Facebook chat call. Uh, yeah. I saw you singing away karaoke all night which uh, which i was very jealous of that looked a lot of fun oh um, man i was singing i was singing karaoke with my mom for the first time and we was doing our favorite song the grinch theme song and uh yeah we was <laughs> a couple drinks in there and no <laughs> it got real good just just a couple i i'm not sure about that it seemed like quite a few but <laughs> um do you have new year's eve plans no new year's eve plan um the virus is really kind of messing up everything around here um i didn't even go to raw which was here this monday because you know just the uh didn't seem kind of safe to me i didn't want to be around like fifteen thousand screaming people you know so yeah no new year's eve plans for me just gonna stay in and probably uh get another uh facebook group chat with you guys probably who knows i i think we'll <laughs> be getting one going for sure uh oh, yeah. if everything if everything works so out okay i'm free on january 1st so uh i'll be enjoying um new year's eve very like how i enjoyed christmas eve i'm a little disappointed though because they've cancelled the fireworks um this year normally there are new like new year's eve fireworks at midnight uh on the lake and mm -hmm. there's normally fireworks coming off the cn tower now uh Braden and i moved to bd uh, the bde 2.0 in in may and right. we have incredible views and literally just outside my bedroom window is the CN tower and from the living room we can see the lake so I was really hoping on at like midnight being able to just watch the firework display but they've all been cancelled as well so yeah because uh, COVID has something to do with the fireworks yeah it has yeah I, I assume it's they don't want people gathering together ah um, uh, makes sense yeah we're having 10,000 people watch men throw a a ball around at the <laughs> Scotia Bank. So I don't know. I don't know. Right. Um, seems one rule for one. Uh, but anyway, enough of that. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll have fun anyway. I've got my tequila ready. I've got a bottle of bubbly. It's all going to be good. 
but yeah, you uh, you are a listener. We we have you on uh, once in a while. We did our uh, review of what did we do? We did Eight Mile and Juice. Eight Mile and Juice, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which were um, both I'd seen Eight Mile before. Juice was something new to me, but thoroughly enjoyed both of them. And you can check them out on our Patreon, patreon.com slash up next. And uh, you've been you've been watching AEW since since day one, right? Oh yeah, day one. Day one AW watcher. Um, I don't keep up with uh, Rampage or Dark by anything else, but uh, Shot in the Dark. Shout out Shot in the Dark. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely watching every Dynamite if it's possible. So yeah, yeah. And and would you say you've kind of dropped off WWE? Do you still catch in with WWE, or is AW your main sort of uh, wrestling you watch now? You know what? I, I keep up with uh, WWE, WWE through uh, social media. Um, I'm watch 2.0 every Tuesday with you guys, of course. But yeah, AW is kind of my main source of wrestling right now. And um, some New Japan every now and then, but it's kind of lost its way too. So, And have you filled in your top 10 best matches of the year yet for uh, our end of year show? <laughs> You I'm know putting what? you on the spot here because I know <laughs> you have. It's been such a weird year. Like I'm forgetting things happened this year. It's like well, I thought that happened last year. Like this year has been so long. So it's going to take me a little bit longer than I thought it would to get that top 10 done. So I'm, I'm really rushing to get it done. Well, that's OK. The plan was originally for Braden and I to put part one of our best match ever show uh, where we're going down the top 10 matches of the year as voted by our listeners and ourselves. Um, but with Braden being away for a little bit longer, we're pushing that back. So if you are interested in, in giving us your top 10, we've we've compiled a list of the top 26 matches of 2021. And it's up there for free on the Facebook group, Up Next Facebook group, and, and our Patreon, patreon.com slash Up Next. We want to know your top 10 in order from that list. And we'll be putting together a show in the next couple of weeks, running down uh, the top 10 matches of the year. And... Uh, it's certainly something during this this kind of isolation I've been enjoying doing going back. As you said, there's so much has happened in this year. So certainly going back to watch kind of those uh, matches from the Tokyo Dome at the beginning of the year. Um, some matches, yeah, pretty much that first half of the year. Uh, it feels like a lifetime ago now. Um, so would love to get all of your uh, all of your votes in for that show. But uh I am putting up something to replace that show this week. Um, just going to run down what we've got going on on the Patreon right now. Last week, we had our Home Alone review where John Pollock from Post Wrestling joined us to talk all about possibly everyone's favorite Christmas film. It's definitely up there for a lot of people. Home Alone, Braden, John and I running through all of that, talking about our favorite traps in the film, what we think Peter McAllister does for a living, all of that. Um, and this week we've got, uh, two shows kind of just, uh, thrown in there to make up for, um, the lack of, uh, BD, uh, sorry, uh, best match ever. And we put a vote, what movie you'd like to see us review. And I'm going to be joined by Martin Bushby from the British wrestling experience and Dickie Bird to talk all about brain dead, also known as dead alive. It's a Peter Jackson movie. If you're familiar with The Lord of the Rings or more recently, the, um, the Beatles documentary on Disney Plus, you might be familiar with Peter Jackson. But he started off his career 
directing uh, like zombie films in in New Zealand. So I believe it was shot around the place where Dickie Bird lives. So he's going to provide a lot of context. It's one of Bushby's favorite films. So we're going to be releasing that New Year's Eve because nothing gets you in the year in the mood for a brand new year as a zombie apocalypse because Christ, we've all been living through one the last year anyway. And then next week, uh, we'll be having on coming out on Sunday, actually, a new episode of Was Next, where I'm joined by another Up Next listener, Anne-Marie, who uh, who leaves feedback for the show every single week. We're looking at the July 10th, 2013 edition of, uh, of NXT, where very similar to AEW right now, we've got a bit of a, a women's tournament going on to crown the first NXT women's champion. And we have a semi-final match between Emma and Summer Rae. And then in the main event, it's the Wyatt family of Bray Wyatt, Eric Rowan, and Luke Harper, rest in peace, Brody Lee, uh, one year, um, taking on Adrian Neville, Corey Graves, and William Regal returning to the ring. Uh, pretty fun episode this week, and I'm looking forward to oh, yeah. talking about that. So that's kind of the thing. If you're new to hearing my voice, that's the kind of thing we do on our Patreon it's only five bucks a month, and we've got almost 400 shows there for you to go back and enjoy. Uh, so give yourself a treat this holiday season. But I think that's enough uh, of kind of me plugging away. Uh, just a bit of news, maybe, before we go into AEW. Uh, it was reported earlier today by Fightful, uh, Sean Ross Sapp, reporting that Tony Storm requested and was granted her release from WWE. Um, B, does this uh, surprise you at all? What are your thoughts on this? And maybe what's what do you see as next for Tony Storm? Completely surprised me. Um, sometimes, like, I shouldn't be surprised at many releases we get now. But, you know, sometimes you're just sitting in your house and you're just enjoying your day and you check your phone. And it's like, so-and-so has been released. And it's like, huh, what now for that person? But mm. I don't know. I would like Tony Storm would do pretty good in AW. Not gonna say she's not gonna do the Braden thing and like say everybody needs to go to AW, but um she'll be well received if she goes. If she goes anywhere, she'll be well received. But I don't I don't know what's going on with WWE and the, the out of nowhere releases, but yeah, I, I think she'll she'll do pretty good in AW. Yeah, I mean Tony Storm was someone who has been featured uh a little bit recently. She's been kind she of was just in the match Monday Charlotte. against Charlotte, right? Yeah, she's been feuding yeah. with Charlotte. Um, I always wonder, like, it's when it comes to sort of foreign talent, uh, obviously Tony Storm, um, Australian, but has has lived in the UK for, for quite a long time. That's always a factor you've got you to put in as well. Like, living, in the st- living anywhere, especially during this time where it's maybe not quite as easy uh, to go home, um, can be a factor. Tony's pretty young, so... I don't know if that's uh, that has any contribution to it, uh, whether she's just like a lot of us former like WWE fans are like just maybe a bit jaded by the company. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, by the, by the reports, it was her requesting her release. And wow. yeah, a pretty big name, I think, for the women's division. I think oh, yeah. she's someone you look at and you could certainly see um, a Vince McMahon actually getting behind out of these sort of NXT call-ups. But uh, we'll see what's next for Tony Storm. But I think it's time 
to go into some AEW to talk about the final AEW Dynamite of 2021 and the final AEW Dynamite on TNT. It's the end of an era, December 29th, 2021. It's New Year's Smash. And we open with Jim Ross returning to the booth. He comes out, he makes a grand entrance, uh, crowd receiving really well. We're back at Daly's place for the first time in, in, I'd like to say a few months. It's probably been three weeks yeah. since the last there. We've had a lot of <laughs> Daly's places shows this week. But yeah, good reception for JR. Uh, good to see him hopefully healthy, uh, beating the, the skin cancer he's been having uh, removed. And yeah, JR back to the booth and on fine form tonight. And we open with a 10-man tag match. Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Christian Cage teaming with the Lucha Brothers. Um, why did they should have just called these the Luchasaurus Brothers, no? <laughs> I, I, like, I don't it, think that one really rings that good. <laughs> the, Luchasaurus the Luchasaurus Bros, bros? no? Nah. No, no, no. It could be more clever than that. Christian could have came up with something. Taking on the... Hardy, what, what what would this one be? The HFTRO <laughs> office or something? I like that, yeah. The H- H- FTR, yeah. <laughs> HFTR, there we go. Uh, FTR, yeah. Matt Hardy, and Private Party. Um, so big 10-man match to open the show. Uh, we start with uh, Cash Wheeler and, and Ray Phoenix going at it. And um, sorry, no, Cash Wheeler and Jungle Boys going at it. And there's this like wrist lock to... Cash Wheeler, and he kind of does the the lucha style reversal and kip up to get out of it, which I quite enjoyed. Uh, it was quite subtle, actually. And then he sort of looks at the lucha brothers as if, like, yeah, I can do lucha stuff. I can do too. this too, yeah, yeah. We then have Dax and Jungle Boy going at it. Um, I I really want to actually see uh, Dax Harwood in some more singles because I, I really enjoy him, especially against Jungle Boy here. Um, I think they have pretty nice chemistry. Uh, he gets thrown in the baby faces corner and all of them have a turn at giving him a punch in the face. Uh, the jungle, uh, jungle boy and Lucha brothers then team up on, um, Cassidy, Isaiah Cassidy. And it seems to be a bit of confusion as Ray Phoenix and Penta are going to do like a double team move on, on Isaiah, but jungle boy seems to be a little bit in the way. So Ray Phoenix just shoves him out and they hit this like wheelbarrow splash on Cassidy there's then a double super kick from the Lucha Brothers to Dax and then a swanton from Phoenix to Mark Quen. Um, Phoenix then goes for the muscle buster, but this gets countered by Private Party into this spike DDT. And Phoenix just really spiked his head here. Looked great. Um, the crowd are now chanting for Luchasaurus. They want to see the big man into the ring. We get a moonsault press from Phoenix and makes the tag to the dinosaur who absolutely clears house. He goes for a double choke slam to FTR who counter. We get a clothesline to Dax, the tail whip to Cash, followed up by a big choke slam to Dax the Axe. But then Penta makes the blind tag coming in and Luchasaurus and Christian Cage do not look too happy about this. Ray Phoenix then walks the ropes and defies gravity, hitting this like tornado, this corkscrew to the outside as Jungle Boy leaps over to take everyone else out. Uh, Penta then sets up for the fear factor, the, the spike um, pile driver, the package pile driver, but Christian tags himself in 
And then there's a bit of arguing between Penta and Christian and FTR capitalized by shoving Christian into Penta and then hitting the big rig on Christian and one, two, three, uh, the heels win FTR, Matt Hardy, private party win the match. Um, what did you make of this opening 10 man? You know, I thought we were going to have some fun with this match. Uh, as soon as I seen private party come out dancing to FTR's theme music, which they was just doing <laughs> what I was doing in my head anyway, because I love that theme music. It's catchy. Yeah, it is. It really is. I think I need to download. It needs to be my new ringtone or something. But uh, yeah, the match was pretty good. Uh, the cameras can't even keep up with the action. Um, you, all those mm. two uh, topes, they couldn't even catch who was on in the air at the same time. Like Penza jumped out the air, then uh, Ray Phoenix jumped out the air, and the camera barely caught any of them. So uh, yeah, but the match was pretty good. I'm just happy we get to see FTR come out here and give a masterclass of being a heel and actually selling in the ring because those guys are great. I love FTR. Every time they come to the ring, it's some treat. So, yeah, I thought it was a pretty fun match. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. The the camera kind of missed quite a bit, and at times it, at times certain moments were a little clunky, but it was still entertaining. Yeah, and I guess that's what happens enough. when you've got so many bodies uh, doing all this stuff. Um, I'm not sure if Matt Hardy even got into the match. Um, <laughs> I, I, I checked with John Cena, who was who was do, writing the report for post wrestling, and he went, "When I've got notes that he had a side effect, but I." I don't yeah, recall was, that Hardy uh, being in this at all. Private party did like a Rana into a side effect. It was pretty nice. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty fun opening. Um, we've got the uh, the the tag team that can't coexist to kick <laughs> off the show. Uh, classic trope in wrestling. We see enough of it, uh, especially after last night's NXT. And I'm seeing the the kind of stealing the tags from each other. I was a bit, I was groaning yeah. a little bit. Uh, but obviously this sets up for something a little later in the night. And that takes us to our next match, which is another multi-man tag. It's a six-man tag. Eddie Kingston, Santana and Ortiz taking on 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. Um, Garcia catches a boot from Santana, but connects with Enzigure. We get the three amigos from Santana, who then uh, points the sky, saluting Eddie. And then... Uh, Eddie Kingston tags in, beating up everyone. He does like the machine gun, like chop, uh, chops to Garcia in the corner, uh, hits an exploder on Jeff Parker, and then Matt Lee rolls up Santana using the trunks. One, two, three. And once again, 2.0, Daniel Garcia picking up the win um, by nefarious means. And after the match, 2.0 and Daniel Garcia continue with the beat down and they actually hit Santana in the head with a ring bell as Judas hits and Chris Jericho runs out making the save. But uh, Eddie, Eddie Kingston looks really concerned. He's checking on Santana who is actually selling really well. I was, I was a little worried for Santana here and then ushers to kind of cut the music and he gets in Jericho's face kind of saying, where have you been? We don't need your help. These are my friends. Um, and yeah, uh, uh, so setting up, I guess, uh, Jericho and Kingston down the line. But first of all, B, what did you make of the match? And then secondly, kind of the, this post-match angle. Uh, the match was fine. I think the match was just a big setup to get to the post-match angle. But uh, I think Jericho was a little bit late on his mark because they were stalling with that ring bell a little bit too long. Mm. And that's kind of like, the crowd had already kind of fell off through the middle of the match anyway. 
But yeah, it was it kind of made it kind of weird. I mean, they they pop for Jericho's song, but Jericho should have got to the mark a little bit faster. It kind of killed the crowd for me. Yeah, I can't say I really enjoyed the match. It was you had yeah, a commercial was... break in the middle of it, and we kind of went right to the finish after the break. So I didn't feel like the match ever really got going, and especially just kind of pacing wise, going from the ten man to this, I just felt like in the first sort of. 20 minutes, half an hour of this show, it was just so many bodies being thrown at me. Um, and the crowd, a lot of booze for this kind of roll-up finish. And I, oh yeah, obviously it was the heels won and it was booing the heels, but I felt there was a little bit of maybe, ah, oh, that kind of just went nowhere and kind of finished a little early. Um, yeah. I think they yeah, were trying the, to sell that the tights were grabbed and the audience just didn't see it. So they really didn't care. Yeah. Um, and the post-match, I don't know if, uh, I, I'm surprised Jericho's back so soon. I feel he only just left recently. I don't know if Eddie Kingston, Jericho is something I'm too looking forward to, but I'm sure on the mic, uh, both will be able to sell this match for me because they're both yeah, is, two yeah. of the best when it comes to promos and stuff. It's the Judas effect versus the, uh, Erican, was it? I guess so. Yeah. The spinning yeah. back fist. Yeah. yeah. Um, also kind of setting up, we've. We've seen, um, what is it, the the inner circle kind of, they quietly disbanded, I guess, and then got back together for that Dan Lambert match where it was the big yeah. reunion. But since then, you've had Sammy lose the title. Uh, Santana and Ortiz are more aligned with Eddie Kingston. So I, and I can totally see it being with, like playing Judas here for the run out. Uh, you can have Eddie sort of playing up you don't you don't care about these guys. These are my brothers. All you care about is having your music and have everyone else sing along and getting the glory. I could see that perhaps being a direction, um, but I just felt this whole segment fell a little flat for me. Oh yeah, definitely. We go backstage to MJF, uh, who is with Sean Spears, who is now holding a Burberry steel chair, um, which I thought looked pretty good. And you got Wardlow there as well. And MJF says, I am one of the greatest rating draws in pro wrestling. You don't believe me? Google it. But I've got to bring up the unsafe working environment of AEW. Last week, Sting launched me over the top rope onto my head and almost ended my career. And in another promotion, we may not have these unsafe conditions, but that's something we can discuss later on in the great bidding war of 2024. But Punk, I'm over you. You're yesterday's news. I'm searching now for the big platinum. And Wardlow, and he, he turns his attention to Wardlow and says, you've got to quit with this symphony of power bombs. You're in the face of the revolution ladder match coming up and you're going to win that match. And when you win that match, you're going to give the title opportunity to me. And Wardlow's like, well, sorry, I'm going to do what? As smart Mark Sterling comes in and says, well, look, as it says in your contract, um, any kind of intellectual property, any titles you win, any opportunities you win uh, can, must be handed directly to MJF. So they send, MJ, uh, they send smart Mark away and... He says that he always has a plan like he has a plan for Jade winning the TBS championship later tonight. And MJF continues, I'm going to rank up my W's so I can win both the TNT and AEW championship. 
Why? Because I'm Maxwell Jacob Freeman and I'm better than you and you know it. So they're really starting to build up this kind of Wardlow MJF feud. Uh, this is the first announcement we've had of the, um, the face of the revolution ladder match, um, which is the, the giant sonic ring, the giant cock ring that we saw last year, Scorpio sky winning <laughs> and, uh, Wardlow being the first entrant, and I think for storyline purposes, I can't really see anyone else winning this other than Wardlow at this point. Or uh, Sean Spears kind of blows it for him, you know? Perhaps, perhaps, yeah. yeah. That could happen. Um, I think that that might, if he doesn't win, if they announce more people we think they could win, that might happen. Spears might blow it with the Burberry chair. With the Burberry chair. Uh, yeah, <laughs> what, what did you... Uh, what do you make of the the promo here from MJF? I mean, I, he always sounds pretty great. And yeah, I'm uh, I'm a, a new MJF fan, so I'm I'm just getting around on the bandwagon. But I'm just waiting for Wardlow to just power bomb MJF like 22 times. He he only gets to like four or five now, but MJF has to get like 10, right? I yeah, I think they're doing a really great job with baby facing Wardlow. Uh, still part of this kind of heel faction, but. Um, the crowd are really getting behind him. His squash matches are really working. Um, Sean Spears is just so, he's just unlikable to look at as well, you know? <laughs> um, so uh, I do see Wardlow winning this uh, Face of the Revolution match, though. I think it it makes sense storyline-wise. Um, oh, yeah. But we'll see. So, yeah, another uh, match announced for Revolution there. We go to the Lucha Brothers, who are backstage with Tony Schiavone, and uh, when Christian interrupts and says, you dipshits went into business for yourself and it cost us the match. So let's skip to the inevitable. Next week, you guys versus our guys for the title. And then uh, Penta speaks and Alex Abrahantis translates it saying, Penta says, you're supposed to be a legend, yet you're incapable of winning a tag match with us. Jungle Boy you're supposed to be the future. Well, maybe it's time to let go of the past. Zero miedo. Um, so I guess we're getting uh, this tag match next week. Uh, a lot of title matches next week with uh, Danielson Page, part two. We've got the TBS Championship match and uh, Luch Brothers versus the Jungle Express, Jurassic Express, sorry, uh, <laughs> for the tag titles. Um I see perhaps this being like Penta kind of planting the seeds that Jungle Boy should perhaps dump Christian. I could see Christian maybe costing them the match because I don't see Jurassic Express walking out with the titles. And I think that's maybe where we start a little Jungle Boy, Christian Cage feud. Yep. I mean, we all been just waiting for Christian to nail Jungle Boy with a chair or something, right? So yeah, let's just get that, let's get that story going right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this. I think this will be a, a great match. I think uh, Jungle Boy has been a bit of a fan favorite for a while, but it's been in the last couple of the month, months, people are really getting behind Luchasaurus as well. Oh, yeah. So this could be this could be a really hot match. I don't, I can't say the the FTR Lucha Brothers matches have really blown me away. Um, maybe it's just Styles Clash or something because I do like both teams. Um, so hoping we get a, a really good match next week to to kind of make the Lucha Brothers tag reign kind of mean a little bit more. Yeah, it's kind of they kind of took a slowdown. Uh, I would like to see um, 
the people who are coming up next kind of in the tag team scene, but I'll let you get to that. Are you talking about Colin Delaney? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this is War. Wardlow comes out with Sean Spears to take on Colin Delaney with an 0-1 record. Um, this is just like we've seen every other week. Huge clothesline from Wardlow. Powerbomb number one. Powerbomb number two. Powerbomb number three. And then he rolls him through and picks him up once more for powerbomb number four. Puts his foot on Delaney's chest. One, two, three. Wardlow wins the match and roars. And after the match, Sean Spears beats up Delaney with a steel chair as Wardlow looks a little kind of, what are you doing? How does Wardlow look so cool torturing people every week? It's good. I know. Uh, the, Colin Delaney looks like such a geek out there, too. So it's even better than Warlow just murders him. I love this guy. With the bald patch and the, the oh crappy gear. God. Yeah. <laughs> it's you just want to see these uh these guys get murdered by this dude. But I, I think they're doing a really good job with Wardlow and and these like two-minute squashes every week have been great. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's doing great. But now we go to I, I think this is who you were talking about. Um we have Red Dragon and Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Adam Cole, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, obviously making his big debut last week to attack the best friends. And Adam Cole says tonight will be historic. It's going to be the five of us. Uh, sorry, the Young Bucks are there too. It's going to be the five of us, the greatest group, not just in AEW history, but all of pro wrestling. And Matt Jackson interrupts and says, well, look, Hold on. Kyle hasn't even looked at us yet. So Kyle looks and goes, oh, hey, Nick. Oh, hey, Matt. Sorry, but I want a word with Adam here. So the Bucks look a little pissed off and Adam tells them to leave, says, no, it's it's cool. You can go. And then says, Bobby, do you mind as well? And Bobby's like, yeah, absolutely. And Kyle says, look, I know we've got a past. I know we've had heat. But the trick in, in this business in AEW is factions. And the three of us, you, me, and Bobby, we're paragons. Now, I know Bobby has our back, but I'll see tonight if you do too. And Kyle O'Reilly walks off and Cole tells Brandon Cutler to cut it, you idiot. Um, so I, I like this. I like how they're kind of keeping sort of NXT canon here. It's something I think AEW is really good at is not pretending the rest of the wrestling world doesn't exist, even if it's a company where they can't say necessarily any of the lines, but keeping continuity, um, having Carl address that um, sort of, he trusts Bobby, but he knows over here because everyone's in a faction, it's going to be better for him to be in one. And can we kind of try and put the past behind us? And Perhaps the Paragons, do you, do you see this perhaps being a name for these guys? I hope not. That's not a good name. I, I'm pretty sure those guys can come up with something better than that. Not a good name. I'd rather didn't just get, be called Red Dragon because the Paragons is really bad. We already got the Pinnacle, too, rem- so the Paragons sound kind of weird. I remember hating Undisputed Era, though, to start with, like the name. Like a lot of these names, Inner Circle, you're yeah, like, what? yeah. True. Like true. they tend to grow on you with time. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought everyone sounded good here. I, I'm I'm into this story. I like how they're um 
they're kind of honoring the past. Um, I like the Bucks kind of really not looking happy about everything going on. Cole kind of stuck in the middle. Um, this is definitely one of the more interesting things on the show for me. Oh, yeah. So we go next. Oh, this is the moment we're all here to talk about. Oh, yes. Dan Lambert is in the ring with Men of the Year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. And Lambert says, my MMA business is a full-time job, but I thought it'd be cool to come here as an old school fan. However, every week I see Cody Rhodes and his entourage. And, you know, I'm a big fan of Arn Anderson, but now he's just a man who sucks up to another guy who sucks up to another guy. Now, Arn used to call himself a horseman, but now he's just a whore. And that's a great segue because now I'm going to talk about Brandy, if that's her real name. You know, this is the first Brandy I've met who isn't a stripper. And Ethan Page interrupts and says, well, maybe she was a stripper, but now she's a wrestler. And Lambert says, we should stop with the stripper jokes as they're old and tired, just like Brandy Rhodes. And Cody Rhodes does all this stuff to try and win us over. He goes through fire. He tattoos a Transformers logo on his neck that even Mike Tyson finds stupid. And then Cody constantly pushes in front of everyone else to the front of the line as he's sucking up to Tony Khan. And these fans may be idiots, but they don't even like the taste of the shit sandwich you're shoving down their throat. And that's when Brandy Rhodes comes out and she's ready to go. She's ready to stand up for her man and calls Lambert a less talented version of Paul Heyman. Lambert says, well, actually, I prefer Jim Cornette. And hearing your voice makes me want to be in that street fight again, having my balls stapled to my leg. Brandy says, well, when was the last time you got beaten up by a woman and didn't pay for it? Lambert says, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and everyone watching the television right now wants to shove their fists through the TV and slap you, Bambi. Or, sorry, Brandy, I don't know. I get my stripper names confused. And Brandy says, oh, you're a black belt, huh? Well, I'm a... Uh, take it away, B. <laughs> oh, God. I'm a black bitch. I'm a black bitch. As she oh. takes her shoes off, she's ready to fight. But Dustin Rhodes runs out to, to stop his sister-in-law from, from fighting this man. And Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky attack Dustin from behind as the segment ends. Um, well, this, was, uh, this was something. <laughs> Brother. I know you're Brother. a massive Cody Rhodes fan, B. Brother. Um, so I'm sure you... You love this. Uh, I've got people in the in the Twitch room saying it's not too late to include this in worst segment of 2021. I don't know if I'd go that far. I was certainly entertained, but the you'd I don't know what they're trying to do with Cody here. That they're, they're clearly deliberately playing that line. They must know at this point that no matter but, how you're positioning Brandy, the crowd just don't like Brandy. So when Brandy all. comes out at all. When like she gets 
bigger reaction than Cody when it comes to the booze, in my opinion. Oh. And yeah, I, I don't, I don't really see how what this is serving because you're playing that that Cody like is he a good guy is he a bad guy well he maintains he's a good guy his his wife rightfully so is standing up for her man but the crowd just don't like them and Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky and Dan Lambert they're not playing cool heels at all that we actually want to cheer they're playing like typical old school heels so I can't really say it makes me too interested in this match at all. Whereas you have a Cody Sammy Guevara feud. It's like, well, yeah, Cody is the de facto heel and we want to cheer Sammy Guevara. Um, I, I will say this, this was, this was entertaining though. I liked some of the lines. I like the stripper lines. I, I like Brandy's rebuttal. Um, but it, it just, it just felt a little all over the place. It's just proving <laughs> my point that Brandy and Cody are doing their best Triple H and Stephanie they can ever do. This is something that Jericho would have said to Stephanie at that time. You know, this is something verbatim what Jericho would have said. And he's just as tone deaf to think that people actually want to cheer him. I don't understand who this is servicing when they come out there mm. and they and they crap on Cody for five minutes in the beginning, right? Then Brandy comes yeah. out there and cut the most cringy promo I've ever heard in my entire life. Who are, who am I supposed to like here? Then you got Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky out there. He's he's dressed in his Charlie Brown uh, sweater that I really 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 hate the way these guys dress. But I don't know how am I supposed to. Get hey, what's head. wrong with a nice shirt, B? Come no, on. You're, you're, no, you dress pretty snazzy. Come on. But these guys. I'm on the post feed tonight. I've got to dress nice. And Lambert Lambert talks down on people who dress exactly like these two guys. This is the most confusing storyline I've ever seen in my life. And I think it's just because Cody doesn't know if he wants to be heel or face because he's promoting this Go Big Show, which is promoted 70,000 times during this show. <laughs> so I, I don't know. This is the most confusing thing ever. Brandy, please keep those lines tucked and use them at the right time because this was just not placed well at all. You could use that black bitch card really well. Jade uses it a lot. This was not placed well, yeah. Brandy. Come on. Oh, 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 God. Um, Jade from the chat as well is saying this ain't really helping Sky and Paige either. And and I not agree. I know, I know Sino and I kind of said this last week, but I don't think these guys need Dan Lambert. Um, I find Dan Lambert entertaining. I, I think he's I think he's a pretty good promo and definitely gets heat from this crowd. I don't think these are the right guys to to do it with. And especially in this in this Cody feud, it's just not working. And I, I also feel okay, if you if you don't have Cody on the show this week, he he won the title on did did you watch Rampage on Christmas Day, B? I did not, no. Have you, did, have you gone back to watch Cody's big, big victory? You know what? After um, opening my social media and seeing Cody standing on a uh, on the post with that belt looking like Homelander himself, I just couldn't I couldn't take to go back and watch the match. I didn't really care what happened. I just know he has the belt now. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't say I was particularly surprised because they were already setting up this feud with with men of the year with Cody for the title. So it, it kind of made sense that Cody would win it. 
But I, I think if you're not having Cody on the show today, I think Sammy deserved something a bit more than holding up signs during a picture and picture following his <laughs> title match. I'd have, I'd have preferred to have heard from Sammy this week. If you're not going to have Cody on there hearing Sammy starting his redemption story, searching for getting his title back. Um, instead we had this, which was just all a, a bit of a mess and, and yeah, poor Sammy. What did it, what did it progress in this story at all? We know Cody's backstage. If you know, if they know that we're aware of everything, we know Cody's backstage and you're going to let a guy sit here and talk about smacking your wife in the ring when you're like 20 feet away. You just send your brother to go help. Uh, come on, man. If you want to be, you want to get it's... that real face pop. You should have went out there and defended your wife. man. Come on. I, I did like Paige's line uh, of being a wrestler. Like, okay, Brandy, you're a wrestler now. All right. Um, Maybe this was Brandy's Christmas present from Cody. He's like, you know what? Final show on TNT. You're going to go out there. It's all you, baby. Hands are a notepad, like write your own promo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was very odd. Um, so it, it's confirmed a bit later. I think we're getting, uh, was it Ethan Page and Cody on Rampage or something? Uh, we're getting the match. So you, get we're not getting Brandy later. versus Dan Lambert? Because that's the match I want to see now. That's the match we want to. That's the match they were setting up tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Double or nothing. We get it. Yeah, <laughs> we go for a, a video package hyping up next week's main event between uh, Brian Danielson and the champion Hangman Adam Page. Uh, you've got talking heads from the commentators Shivani, uh, Excalibur, Jr. Uh, Tony says that it was clear uh, from the beginning of that match that Brian had absolutely no respect for the champion. Um, Paige had this great line where he's talking about um, he was hitting Brian as hard as he could in the head and he really wasn't expecting him to come back and that sort of took him off guard a little bit. Excalibur says that normally the champion has the advantage in these matches but having judges next week will change that. JR thinks it's going to be chaos and they say that it has all the potential, potential to go another 60 minutes and Excalibur believes that we will have a brand new champion. And this is all kind of cut in with uh, Brian Danielson just, just training in a gym. And, and it looked like Hangman was just walking through his barn of horses <laughs> as this is all going on. That's all you uh, need to do is look badass. That's it. Yeah, but I liked this. Uh, I don't think you really needed a segment between these two. The, the story's already there. Uh, we know... The, we've got the judges next week. I think just a little video package like this was kind of all we needed for these two, and uh, and they did a good job with it. And obviously, I'm I'm pretty excited for this one because this one is on the short list for match of the year, and I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. is making the the top ten list. And hopefully, they can do the same thing next week. Uh, do you have any predictions for this match next week? B? I'm not sure because. Uh... You know what? I'm just going to say it. I hope Daniel Bryan wins the belt. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brian Danielson. I hope he wins the belt. Brian. Yeah, I mean, it's with the, because I, I thought you could have possibly been going uh, MJF versus Page for the title at Revolution. Yeah. But with this kind of story with Wardlow going for the, uh, face the revolution ring 
at Revolution. I assume that's not necessarily going to be the case. So yeah. maybe we're getting a trilogy and the third one is at Revolution, in which case do we somehow have another draw? Do we have judges split? Um, do we have Brian win it? Because I feel once Hangman wins this, Brian doesn't really have a say to get another rematch. And that's the problem we're at now. So I'm thinking, I don't know. I wouldn't want to see another draw after that. That match was almost perfect. So I, how could you do yeah. another draw after that? You know, so I wouldn't mind seeing Brian walk away with the belt for a while and then Paige getting it back. I always like to see Hangman get crowned again. So why not? Yep. All right. Um, and I think Miro is another kind of sort of option that you could yeah. do for Revolution, perhaps. Uh, yeah, so he just who... beats the breaks off of Cody one time for me. You do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then that takes us to our TBS Championship semifinal match. Jade Cargill taking on Thunder Rosa. Um, Thunder Rosa looking awesome tonight in her, oh, her yeah. classic Wolverine gear. Uh, yeah. Claws and all. Um, yeah. Look, look great, I thought. Uh, Rosa takes out Mark Sterling immediately with a swanton. Uh, Cargill then just starts throwing Rosa against the guardrail. Uh, Rosa tries to come back with a crossbody to the floor, but gets caught by Jade into a backbreaker. There's a lot of work on the outside um, for a long part of the beginning of this match um, with, with both competitors keep on going in the ring to kind of break the count. Um, but Rosa starts targeting the knee of Cargill. She, she drop kicks it. She's slamming it against the barricade. Uh, they get back into the ring and Jade catches Rosa with a big pump kick. There's then a drop kick to Jade's knee in the corner, kind of the Jade sat in the corner and typically run and do the basement drop kick to the face. But Rosa constantly targeting that left knee, hitting two drop kicks and then stacks her up for a two count. Jade then pops up Rosa for a Samoa, Simone drop and then does her kip up, but obviously tweaking her left knee. There's then a knee breaker to Jade, followed by the figure four leg lock, putting all that pressure on that knee. And uh, but Jade manages to break free. And then Mark Sterling hands Jade some water to hydrate her. And JR loses his mind over this. He's like, how dare who has water breaks in wrestling matches? How dare he? How dare he? And the referee is, is mad about this as well. It's like, how dare you give her water? How dare you? And as that's ha happening, Rosa replies the figure four again, but gets shoved off face first in the turnbuckle when one of the, uh, one of the members of the crew comes in and smashes what I think was like a, a glass or a jar yeah. over Rosa's head. And then Jade picks up Thunder Rosa for Jaded and one, two, three, Jade Cargill wins and advances to the final. And after the match, we see this member of the crew in the, in the hood and the mask, and it's revealed to be Mercedes Martinez, who is back in AEW. So, uh, yeah, so Mercedes Martinez joining AEW. Ruby Soho runs out for the save. So we get that big stare down for our final next week between Ruby Soho and Jade Cargill. Um, but what do you think of the match be? And what do you make of uh, Mercedes Martinez? Uh, I the match was, 
yeah, the match was kind of fine. I didn't really have a problem with it. A little bit sloppy, but you know, it did its justice. It wasn't the really uh the final match in the tournament. But uh Mercedes Martinez, uh, happy to see her in AW. Um, wish she would have came in a little bit better, kind of the, the mild pop. I don't think people really knew who she was, you know, after she put that hood off. I don't think they could really get a good look at her, like the people that was behind her. So uh yeah, I wish she would have debuted a little bit better, but yeah, segment was good, the match was okay. Why not? Yeah, I thought the match was all right. It was it was definitely yeah. one of Jade's longer matches. And um, I did like the kind of um, strategy from Rosa just targeting the knee. And I thought Jade's selling was pretty good. Some moments in the match looked a little slow, I thought. Yeah. Like both seemed to be moving a little slow at times. But I didn't mind it. I think I think this makes sense. I think you can have now Rosa split off, have a little bit of a feud with Mercedes and then eventually she's got to be the one to challenge Brit after this, after this Rio match is over. Um, I think it should be Brit and Thunder Rosa at the pay-per-view in March. Um, What do you, what do you think uh, we get next week? Do you think it's, uh, it's Ruby Soho as the TBS champion or do we go with Jade Cargill? I think you got to go with Ruby. I think this whole time she's came in here, she's been, you know, everybody loves her. So when she came out there, that pop, she had the biggest pop out of all three of those women tonight. So I think you kind of got to go to Ruby. I think so as well. I I think the the TNT championship, we kind of look at as this sort of workhorse championship where you can do the, uh, you can kind of open the, uh, the door a little bit and have people from the, the Indies come in to challenge and that kind of thing we've seen before. I think, that would work best with Ruby as your champion if you want to treat it a similar kind of way. Um, Jade is still very new to this. I like Jade. I think um, I think she's uh, obviously got a, a great look. She's she looks like a star. I think she she is improving in ring, um, but I don't know if she's the one who's going to be carrying that um, those quality of matches at this point in her career. So I think Ruby's the right one to go with. Okay, so moving on, we go for now a uh, a little recap of Layla Hirsch and Chris Statlander, who apparently were tag team partners. I, I'm sure, I'm sure Sino's told us this on Shot in the Dark, but uh, it, it was kind of uh, new news to me. Uh, they were tag team partners, and now they're not friends anymore. And that happened on Rampage. And we then go for a video package for Riho versus Britt Baker as their title match is happening. Um, sorry, th- this match, is this on Rampage or is this on, on Dynamite next week? I think this is Rampage. Okay. I think. I'm not sure. I didn't really, it was so many matches getting tossed at me. I could they, not. They yell everything. so many matches at you. And when you're trying to take notes, it's so hard to keep up oh with what's God. going on. But Rio versus Brit coming to a TV near you soon. <laughs> CM Punk comes out his first time at Daly's place. Uh, sporting a bit of a new, a fresh haircut, looking yep. looking very smart, Mr. Punk. And he says, I've never been to Daly's place and I don't even know what the setup is here. So where is Jim Ross? And he says, I come out here and think how awesome it is to see you here, sat at that booth. You're the best to ever do it. It's great to see you back at work. It's great to see you. And Punk says, I'm all about giving people their flowers when they deserve it now. And I think about this place. I've never been here, but this has been a home for AEW. 
And that gets me thinking about Brody Lee as big Brody chants erupt mm. uh, from the uh, from Daly's place. And he says, if there's anyone out there who tries to minimize the impact Brody had, it makes me feel sorry that for them as it makes uh, it means they never met him um, this week. Yeah. Some not so nice things said about Brody Lee uh, on, on Twitter and stuff. So punk very much putting them in his, their place here. He says, I sat at home and watched the tribute show and for my friend in this place. And it really made me want to come here. It made me think about someone who doesn't deserve my time and doesn't want to be here. And MJF is a Twitter troll in real life. He doesn't hide behind a keyboard, but hides behind cash and Dax. And someone smart enough said they want to see CM Punk get his hands on MJF, but he's stupid enough to say he's as good as Piper in Portland. He couldn't lace his wrestling boots, but he sure can lace his running shoes. MJF says he's done with me, and you know what? I'm okay with that. Last week, I got to team with the legend Sting and Darby Allen, and I beat FTR and MJF. And he doesn't. And if he doesn't want to have none, well, he ain't getting none. I'm looking for bigger and better things. I'm talking about gold. I want to be AEW champion. Jim Ross says, if you don't want to be champion, you probably shouldn't be here. Well, I want to be champion too. Daly's place is a place that is so important to AEW. And this is the last on TNT before we move to TBS. There's bigger things for CM Punk. And you're a bigger waste of money. And t- sorry, you're a bigger waste of time and con money than Tim Tebow, which got uh, a great reaction here. Uh, B, what did you what did you make of this dig here? Kind of underhanded line. Why is Punk taking shots at all these sports guys, man? What do you got against <laughs> these guys who play ball sports, man? Come on. <laughs> uh, Punk says, I never wanted to mess with MJF, but he found out the hard way on this mic, in this ring and even on commentary. Nobody can touch me. And I was thinking, Punk, you just said JR was the best to ever do that on commentary. What? (laughs) And Punk says, if he wants to climb that ladder and get some W's, I imagine we'll see each other down the line. But it would be a real shame if someone interrupts his quest for gold. So he has a little kind of wink to the camera. So this MJF Punk feud obviously still going, maybe putting on a a slight hiatus, letting it breathe a little. But... um, yeah, I mean, what do you know? CM Punk's good at promos. Who'd have thought it, eh? Yeah, yeah, they're both pretty good at promos. And they're both good at cutting each other down. Um, I kind of want to get past this now because they're kind of losing juice on like uh, things they got to say against each other now. So it's we we kind of need the match to happen soon. Uh, I'm yeah. with you there because it's it was so hot. We we've, we've had the really hot promos, and this this was nice. It was a bit of a like a homecoming going to Daly's place. Nice shout out to Brody Lee, something he hasn't really got the chance to do yet in AEW. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, this, this didn't, when we've had the really biting promos in the last few weeks, and then this week, both are a bit, ah, not so bothered anymore. It does feel like it's kind of lost a bit of steam. I'm sure they'll be able to get it right back when they need to. Um, but I, like, are they hoping to hold this off to revolution? Which, I mean, that's that's three months away. It's a it's a while before revolution. I feel we kind of got to get to it before that. No, yeah, way before that because I'll not care about that time. So <laughs> they got to get things going. 
at least have one match or a tag or something like that. What well, they, yes. they just had a tag? What am I saying? They, they had the six man last week, but yeah, yeah, they they deliberately didn't touch in that match. It was all MJF running away. Um, right. Cino makes a good point in the Twitch room. He says this promo was weird. It was like a promo you do after you have the first match and they haven't had it yet, which is true. Yeah. It kind of sounds Definitely, like, yeah. yeah, you've had the match and you have the one person go, ah, I'm moving on from this, but um, yeah, punk sounded good, but there was something a little off with just the way they handled this feud this week. Yeah. We go backstage to team Taz Starks and Hobbs. Stark says, we'd like to send a welcome back to Jim Ross. Now you freed up Taz's time to make sure hook is a beast of competitor. And Dante, when you screwed with me, you screwed with Team Taz. And you screwed up your career in AEW. And since joining with Leo, your career has stalled. And last time you and Hobbs went at it, remember what happened. And Hobbs says, you really want to go round two with me? Just marinate on that. Um, and they, they also say we're going to get a, a Taz uh, kind of featurette on Hook this week on Rampage. So... So getting those big numbers for Rampage with all the hook content <laughs> still. Um, but I think he's going to, Taz is going to highlight the the red run, the Taz mission and, and how great young hook applies it. And this is where we get that picture in picture segment with Sammy Guevara, where he, he does the, the cue cards, the kind of Bob Dylan thing, lists off all the opponents he's beaten, says it was a three month reign. And then two crossroads later, it's a memory he will never forget, but he, we're coming to a new year. He has a resolution, and that's to beat the American Nightmare, win back my title, and be TNT champion. We, we kind of covered this earlier, but I felt they, they, did, they did Sammy a little dirty here. I felt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, then they even cut his picture and picture off early before he can even get a couple more signs off. Ugh. I, I, I don't like the way they handle Sammy at all. Yeah, I, I got to admit, I don't normally watch the the picture in picture just because this show is relentless. It's pretty exhausting. <laughs> like so much happens, and especially yeah. you'll attest to this. This is your first time trying to take notes for this show. It's nonstop, and I know listening to John Way, they say the same thing. You you can't yeah. breathe. So kind of go anytime there's a commercial, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I I would have taken a bit of a Sammy promo over the the Lambert brandy stuff earlier i think we then get a a little video promo sent in by uh hikaru shida who says serena deeb you call yourself the professor well i will teach you a lesson and you asked for it you hit the buckle because you ripped off the pad it was all your fault you keep saying you cheated you didn't lose well stop whining just ask for the match and my answer is bring it i won't back down um I've really enjoyed these matches between these two. Um, and I, but I kind of feel at this point, it's just a little placeholder feud before I either move on to something else, whether it be yeah. uh, uh, like, I'd like to see Ruby Soho win the TBS title and Serena Deeb go for that. I think that could be a really good feud with some really good wrestling. Um, Shida, I, I don't necessarily know what you do with that. I think there are, uh, still a few issues with the women's division and kind of creating other stories. But I do like that we've been having this feud between these two, not about a title, um, yeah. but we're talking about a match four now. So yeah. um, 
do you see maybe a, a stipulation for this or just another singles match? Like, what would you do with these two? I'm not sure. What's the record on this? You know, it's like uh, I think it's two one Sheeta. I mean, what are we even doing here? <laughs> yeah, you know, that, why, that's what I mean. We it's we've had the rubber yeah. match. It's yeah, I, I don't understand. But at least they finally showed us that we can do women's stories that's outside of the title every now and then. Just do another one now, okay? AW, we get it, you know. So move on from these ladies. I, I don't have a problem with it. their matches. Are all good, no problem with yeah. them at all. But you know, I'm getting kind of tired. We go to Tony Schiavone, who's in the ring with Brian Pillman Jr. wearing a Venom T-shirt. Uh, B, I watched Venom 2 today. <laughs> Have you seen it? I've seen it. It was, uh, it was, it was something. It was something. The post-credits was good. Yeah, the post-credits was pretty good. Did you, did you watch Venom 1 before, or did you just jump into 2? I did. So, so part of my uh, isolation, uh, I... Having seen No Way Home, I was definitely on a bit of a Spider-Man kick. So okay. I've gone back. I've watched every Spider-Man film. And uh, now I've uh, watched, yeah, the two, two Venom films as well. <laughs> I don't so- hate them, but they're not great. They, they feel like a movie that would have been made in the early 2000s to me. Yep, like I feel, exactly. I feel movies have improved, like especially superhero films. You've got a little bit more depth to them now. And you've got like, I mean, Tom Hardy's a great actor. Like the cast is great. The people they've got yeah. in the film is great. The, the characters are pretty great. Like Venom is a cool character. Just something doesn't work. I wouldn't say I hate it. Like I'm entertained for a couple of hours, but it really should be better. The comedy did not land with me at all in those movies. And I think mm. that's what they were really trying to do. And that Venom voice just just wore me down by halfway through that second movie. I couldn't do it anymore. Man. And I think if you're looking at doing a uh, a Venom Spider-Man, like putting Venom with Spider-Man at some point, I, I don't see how it works with this incarnation of Venom. Because he's... I hope, I hope it doesn't. He's a baby really face. It you know? doesn't work with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still being coy because I, I still... It, I know people are still haven't been able to see the the new Spider-Man film yet. So yeah, yeah. check out, uh, check out John Cena, WH and waiting's review of that. If you haven't already. Um, but yes, Pillman in a Venom shirt. And he says, I tell you what happened last week in Greensboro. My partner, no, my brother walked right into the house of black. And I don't have a lot of memory from that night. The one thing I won't get out of my head is the sound of that ring bell going over and over again as Malachi tried to end Griff's career. And I tried to save my brother, but that's when things go fuzzy and my memory goes to black. Next thing I know, I'm laying on the ground next to the person I was trying to protect. Uh, This just sounds like a night out between me and Brayden, to be honest. (laughs) And that won't be my first or last, but as a second generation wrestler, I've busted my ass from day one right here in Jacksonville, Florida. Malachi, now it's my time to take a trip to the infamous House of Black. I'm not barging in and kicking down the door as that's exactly what you want me to do. I never knew my father, but if there's one thing I know is you only get one life and you're not having mine. And next week you'll get a new Brian Pillman Jr. 
And then the lights go out. The lights come back on. We see Malachi Black with his, his antlers on his head, stood on the ramp. And he takes them off, gives, gives Pillman a bit of a look. And then the lights go off again. They come back on and we see Malachi walking out. <laughs> just, just, just casually walking away. Oh, I'm done now. <laughs> it's like when you see those like spoofs on Batman and he throws down a smoke bomb and then you just see him like creeping away. <laughs> um, yeah, this, uh, I, I felt Pillman's promo, I thought was fine. Uh, it was a little, I didn't like the kind of sort of, old school, like cheap pop of Jacksonville, Florida, when he's doing such a heated promo against, against this guy. But I think both him, I thought Griff sounded great the other week. I think both of them have improved and are are showing a lot more confidence when it comes to their, their mic work. Um, I was expecting maybe this to be the, the Brody King debut with the the lights off lights on, but maybe that's what we're getting uh, next week with these two but yeah just malachi did look a little silly creeping off at the <laughs> they end kind there. of played us because um when he when he pointed at him i thought when the lights went off it was going to be brody behind him you know but yeah. no we just got to see him like kind of go to the back <laughs> uh, um do you now i know we've seen this we we like analyzing the gear and we are geeks here at at the BDE out up next. Um, and we always had fun, especially Johnny Gargano's gear and noticing when he was sort of turning bad, he was wearing the venom style gear. Could this be a little bit of a, a little nod from Pillman here? Maybe with the venom, maybe he's going to be poisoned by the house of black. He, he hinted at a new side of him. Could he be turning on his brother? And joining maybe Julia Hart in the in the House of Black. I, I don't know uh, whether it was a little nod or just it was a cool shirt. I don't know, but it, it would be kind of cool if like Black took him under his wing, you know, mm. like a, like a Robin. So yeah, yeah, yeah I, I'll take that. Yeah, that, that sounds that's a good idea, Davey. What did you think of Pillman's promo here? How do you think he sounded? He sounded good. I like um, fiery promos like that, but he's got to kind of wheel back the shouting to get over thing. But he, mm. he sounds good to me. He sounds better than he did before. More confident. So I'm with improvements. So good job. Brian. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is when it's confirmed Friday night rampage. We're getting Cody Rhodes taking on Ethan Page uh, for the, uh, I believe, for the TNT title. We've got Darby Allen taking on Anthony Bowens. And we get a quick insert promo from the acclaimed um Max Caster says they're well-oiled machines as he oils up Bones' chest. And Bones says, I'm going to beat your My Chemical Romance ass all over Jacksonville. I like My Chemical Romance. I don't know. They're going to run out um, of early 2000 bands to rag on Darby with. I know. Darby's like, I get it. I'm an emo. Cool. <laughs> Find something new. Right. We then go to Sting and Darby. Sting says, I marvel over how many people count can go on and on about main event matches. Since I began many years ago, every match I was in, I treated as a main event. That's food for thought. And then Darby says, I could be the first match on the show or the last match. I have no ego. It doesn't matter. Bowens, Rampage, I'm ready. 
uh, yeah, just a real thrown together quick feud here um, for a match on on Rampage. I like Bowens. I, th- I think he's been pretty impressive in singles matches. So I, I don't doubt this will be a pretty yeah. good match on Friday. Darby's but, good um, for a good one off uh, feud with a guy too. So no problem yeah. with that. Uh, they then announced Technique by Taz on Hook will be on Friday at Rampage as well. And then the real main event, we're getting Penelope Ford and the Bunny taking on TJ, Ty Conti, and Anna Jay in a street fight. Um, are we going full Britt Baker Thunder Rosa here to kick off uh, kick off the new year? Actually, no, this will be the last show of the year. Is, is yeah, this going to be... So- is this going to make the top 10 list right at the end? This bloody street fight between these four. Oh, yeah. Bring out I the light so. tubes. Yeah, I want some color. I want everything in this. Yeah. Give me some exploding bats. Give me everything. I believe they talked about bringing toys to the ring as well, which uh, I suddenly got a message from Braden, who was very excited about that. Anyway, main event <laughs> of the night. Red Dragon, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish teaming with Adam Cole, baby to take on the best friends, Chuck Taylor, Trent, and Orange Cassidy. Um, we have Trent and Kyle start things off with a bit of a uh, chop kick exchange, some really stiff, snug forearms going on there, and then both kick each other in the face and fall down. Uh, Cole reaches out his hand to tag Kyle, but Kyle decides to tag in Bobby instead. Then Orange Cassidy comes in, throws his sunglasses to the to the mat and looks ready to fight and starts kind of ducking a load of uh, punches and kicks from Fish and then comes back with just his lazy kicks to wind him up. The best friends then come in and triple team Adam Cole. Um, Trent and Chuck send everyone out of the ring and they go for their hug, uh, but they get interrupted. There's then a really nice looking half and a half suplex from Trent to Bobby. Uh, yeah, Trent's looking great for someone who's who's come back from neck surgery early. I, I think he's looking in fantastic shape. Oh, and yeah. Hasn't really missed a beat in the ring. Yep. Kyle he, he goes kind of scares it. me when he winces for his neck, though, every other move. I, I hate to see that. I hate to see it. It's same with like Brian. Every time Brian does any kind oh, of neck bump or anything, and and then <laughs> selling it after, you're like, "Are you are you selling? Please tell yeah. me you're selling." <laughs> Kyle tries a gear. Sorry, Kyle goes for a guillotine, but Trent suplexes him out of it, and then hits a, a step up tornado DDT for a two count. Um, Trent is then kind of in the ropes when Adam Cole comes from the outside with like a gammon geary, like a kick to the side of the head. Red Dragon then team up on Trent. There's a, a tilt wall backbreaker uh, from Bobby as Kyle leaps off the top with his diving knee across the neck of Trent. Then Casty comes in with the stun dog millionaire to Adam Cole. There's then an assisted spike DDT from Red Dragon. Uh, Casty is then on Kyle's shoulders as Cole hits him with a super kick. Then Red Dragon hit the total elimination, the, the high low to Orange Cassidy. Um, Cole goes for the Panama Sunrise on the stage to Chucky, but gets backdropped. And then Chuck hits this swanton off the ramp to the floor on Red Dragon, which looked great. And Trent follows up with a spear to Cole on the ramp and Cole just smacking his head on the ramp there. Cassidy in the ring hits the the diving DDT from the top rope to Cole, but Cole kicks out on two. 
Then Trent, and they're just killing Adam Cole here. You have Chucky deliver a sit-out pile driver to Cole. Then Trent hits a sit-out pile driver to Cole. And then Orange Cassidy follows up with the beach break. And it's one, it's two, but Red Dragon both jump in, breaking up the pin. Now Cassidy and Kyle are going at it. We get the axe and smash combo from Kyle. And then Kyle goes for the pump kick, but Orange moves out the way. And Kyle connects with Adam Cole on the apron, knocking him off. And now it's just Kyle left in the room. uh, Sorry, Bobby left in the ring with uh, the best friends. We get the soul food half and half from best friends. And then with the ring clear, they hug it out. Brandon Cutler then runs out with the cold spray, but Trent and Chucky both take him out. But as the ref is distracted with Brandon, the young bucks run out with a super kick. And then we get chasing the dragon to Chucky for the win from red dragon. After the match, we have the bucks checking on Cole. Who's kind of like checking his jaw from the kick and saying like, what's happened. Bobby and Kyle are in the ring celebrating their arms are raised but the Bucks and Cole are on the ramp and Cole's shouting down to the ring saying, you kick me in the face and refuses to celebrate with Red Dragon as he leaves with the Young Bucks. But yeah, I, uh, I think this show for me was kind of riding on this match. Uh, I, I can't say the rest of the show really hit at a level that Dynamite usually does for me. Um, but you hear this six man and you're expecting pretty good things. And uh, for you, B, how, how was this? How did it match up to kind of expectations? Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, I did kind of look at the card before the show and I kind of got way more excited than I should have been. But uh, that last six man was decent, you know, but yeah, overall, the, the whole episode of Dynamite was kind of all over the place. A lot of talking, a lot of the talking, like in the duration of the show kind of took me out of the matches. So that kind of, you know, it was a long show, to say the least. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I thought there was some some really good stuff in this match, like yeah. the, the best friends and and Red Dragon, especially like they've had they've had a lot of interactions over the years in the indies and stuff. And um, I always like seeing best friends get featured because I think we we kind of forget that they're, they're sort of day one AEW people and we kind of forget how good they can be, and especially with Trent being away. Um, it didn't quite hit the level I was hoping it would. And I think maybe the, um, maybe I'd have liked to see them being a bit more of a unit this week and could have kind of played with the dissension a bit later on perhaps. Um, cause I felt the, the story maybe took away from the actual enjoyment of the match. And especially when for me, none of the matches really delivered on the level they usually are my enjoyment of the show is kind of riding on this and it it yeah. didn't really uh completely hit for me but it was enjoyable and i am interested it where do you see this going uh with cole uh, do you see do you see him siding with the bucks again are we just waiting for kenny to come back and we're gonna do a bit of who's he with for a while um yeah, what, what, where do you see this story going? Yeah, I figure we just go back and forth with the uh, ascension kind of thing for a while until Kenny gets cleared. And then when Kenny comes back, you know, just team up with each other three on three. But 
I have no problem with these guys going back and forth until then at all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we could have, we could pretty much do the same thing in a week or so with the super click, have a match and perhaps Matt Jackson kicks Cole in the face there or something. Like <laughs> I think we're going to see a lot of back and yeah, forth. Cole kicks one of them off the apron, something like that. Yeah. Who knows? First time seeing Kylo Riley in AEW slotting in fine. Do you think? Uh, oh yeah. It, it does feel, it does feel a little weird, like hearing the undisputed chance, just how this act just how wwe just let these guys go like i have yeah, no idea. have one of our hottest acts of one of our biggest merch sellers of the last few years yeah off you go uh yeah, does, people does were um up. well these guys even came out in matching gear like on the first yep. episode and kyle looked i think it's when you get when you come from wwe you come to aw you got to remind everybody how vicious you can be in the ring a lot Brian Danson, because Kyle came in and was straight cracking heads like usual. Like he got even more nasty with his shots. So I'm, I'm happy to see Kyle here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, down the line, seeing maybe like Red Dragon mixing it up with your other tag teams is pretty exciting. Like the having them mix up with the Lucha Brothers. Um, we did see them. I think they had a like, didn't they have when FTR were on the main roster? They had one match on nxt but i'm thinking that might have even been ftr versus roddy and kyle perhaps i think so I'm not bobby and roddy. kyle but yeah, yeah I, i'd like to see that again there's there's so many options for this this team Proud and powerful and best friends again solo just those two and we we have had throughout the years like rumors of a six-man um like a six-man tag championship or something, perhaps, which is is definitely something you could do when Kenny's back. If you and we'll keep Kenny busy while he's out of the the title picture, maybe. Um, but yeah, like I I was down on this week's episode, but I'm not down on AEW. I think they've got no, so no. many good ingredients there. I'm I'm really excited for next week's match between uh, Hangman and Brian, part two. Um, MJF Punk when they pull the trigger on that it's going to be great. There's there's a lot of really exciting things, but yeah, I I can't say this was my favorite episode of Dynamite. Yeah. I think it was definitely one of the weaker ones. It was um, kind of like a high quality house show. You go see, yeah, kind of yeah. But next week's going to be huge. It's their first TBS show, um, stacked card. Um, I feel like do you do you just give the last hour to to Brian Hangman? Do you do you open the show again with that one? Like, wh- where would you place that match? I think placing it at the end kind of telegraphs the uh, early finish, you know. So if you want to start hot right out the back on TBS, why not? I like when AW are very good at delivering what they announce. That you don't have the the script written up, uh, ripped up day of, and complete new matches um, yeah. in AEW. But I did like when there was a match on NXT years ago now. Um, it was Samoa Joe, I think, taking on someone. And it was the first match of the night. And it, it went the whole show. And they had other matches lined up to go after it. And they, they end up going, oh, well, this is going long. So we're going to have to push these back to next week. I think you could do something like that if you wanted to start 
um, the match, say, at the top of the second hour. You could do a, um, say, your Malachi Black, Brian Pillman is set to go on afterwards, but we'll push it to Rampage if we run out of time, that kind of thing. Yeah. That way you're not necessarily giving away that it's going to be an hour-long match or that it's going to be, oh, it's it's starting at 22, so we kind of know where it's going. Um, I think there are other ways around it, but I, I I'm think just they might excited. have a little bit more... Um... Who knows? They might have a little bit more timely way on TBS than they did with T- TNT because, you know, they had so much sports and stuff going on on that network. They might get a little bit more time. Who are they, what are they competition? Like reruns of uh, Family Guy or American Dad? Yeah, it'll just be American Dad or whatever. <laughs> yeah, after like, like, yeah, you're yeah. right. So the overrun might be more of a thing moving forwards. True. Um, <laughs> well, that's what we thought of this week's show. Um, we... Don't normally do feedback for, for AEW because we know John and Way handle that, but we figured as they're away, we'll throw up a feedback thread uh, on the Up Next group, which I, I urge you all to join if you have Facebook. And we start off with Surin, who says, I can't help but wonder how cool it could have been if Undisputed Era debuted together in AEW. That said, tonight I got to watch UE wrestle Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. What a time to be alive. Happy to see Mercedes Martinez, but not thrilled about the way she debuted. I was really hoping for Ruby versus Rosa for the TBS title. Oh, well. Looking forward to Brandy's black belt, black bitch t-shirt. <laughs> will that be one you purchased, B? <laughs> I will not be purchasing that, especially if it's... Well, I'm not going to say that. I had a little... <laughs> oh, but no, I won't be... No, of course not. I hope she doesn't be. Okay. <laughs> Happy almost New Year's. Thanks for all you guys do. Well, thank you, Surin. Um, do you have the feedback thread up there? I don't have like continue. You don't. Second. Okay. I'll go on to Magan, who says a very tag match heavy episode, but each of them have pushed things forward to the TBS debut. Brandy cut the same exact promo on Lambert that she cut on Jade Cargill just a year ago. It was pretty amusing. The opening tag match was the usual chaos, and it gave Jurassic Express and Lucha Bros some much needed juice. The longer Wardlow keeps getting used by MJF, the more he looks like a fool. That said, the seeds of the split are continued to be sown. I popped when I saw Rosa's uh, X-23 Wolverine gear. I wasn't expecting Mercedes Martinez showing up either. Jade winning was the right call as it frees her up to dethrone Britt Baker. Revolution would the place to do it. Yeah, I, I feel like we kind of undersold Mercedes there. Like she is one of the best for a oh, long yeah. time and absolutely yep. deserves to be on a big stage. And WWE did do her dirty. So I am really happy to see her here. And she's a much needed veteran for this division as well. I'm surprised. She's much needed the- muscle too. They, yeah. AEW needs more women that's going to beat the brakes off you. So yeah, they, she's much needed in AEW. They can't just rely on Nyla all the time when you want that. <laughs> no, no, no. Monster, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, I wasn't over overly keen with how they played it out. I think Sino pointed out in the Twitch room that uh, it was pretty much the same way as Jamie Hayter debuted, um, like lacked a bit of originality, but no, I'm really, really happy for Mercedes Martinez and, and feel like this should have maybe been the thing back in the beginning, right at the beginning for her to just be with this company. Uh, Magan continues, CM Punk giving JR his flowers and Daly's place for being the base of AEW for the past year was well done. So was that Tebow shade. Adam Cole's torn between two families as Red Dragon and the Young Bucks are vying for his loyalty. Who knew that the issues between Kyle and Adam would bleed over from one company to the next? 
We go to Jose, who says, fun episode of Dynamite, tons of great tag team action. Always love seeing my boys, Penta and Phoenix, shine on my screen. Jade has improved so much during this year. It's impressive. And looking like that 365 days a year is a commitment. Can't wait to see her looking like a badass next year. Who would you like to see hook face next? Happy New Year's. That's a question. Ooh. Uh, hmm. Down the line, I think Hook Daniel Garcia is something I'd really like to see. Yeah. Yeah. But I think yep. Hook needs to just murder people for a few weeks first. Does he have? Well, he can just run through dark the whole roster right quick and just <laughs> get his wins up and find some W's. Colin Delaney. There we go. Kata <laughs> Hajime. Oh, Colin Delaney. Oh, oh, sorry. The Red Room. Sorry. Yeah. And we finished with Fire Frank, who says, weird show, but it moved quick. It seemed like a lot of people started celebrating New Year's early, save for punk, of course. Nice to see <laughs> Kyle and Bobby together again. And now we wait seven days, seven days, seven days for Hangman Brian 2. Shout out B Detroit for tagging in tonight. Well, what a lovely way to finish, because absolutely, shout out B Detroit. Thank you so much uh, you. for being my partner tonight. No problem. Thank you for having me, Davey. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. You're very welcome. What are we jo- drinking New Year's Eve this this year, B? I think I'm going to smell what the rock is cooking. I'm going to drink some Terramana. Ooh, the 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 Reposado. He's got a new flavor out. Uh, really? Here. Yeah, I can't remember what it is, but he's got a new flavor out here. I'm going to try that one. Interesting. Oh, I oh. I might have to try that. Um, mm-hmm. Braden said he's he'd be bringing tequila back from Mexico, but I, I don't know if he's ever coming back anymore. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm a bit disappointed there. But I, but I have some stuff in the cupboard. It's all good. Um, well, B, uh, tell the listeners uh, where they can find you. Any final words? Any words of wisdom going into 2022 that you want to share with the up next post wrestling universe? Uh, you can find me. You can follow me on Instagram at CoolGameBigB. Uh, or if you're at home and you're not doing anything this holiday season and you haven't seen the show Heels and you want a podcast to listen to it while you catch up on it, check out Turning Heels with me and John Cena, my partner, um, on the Up Next feed. Uh, it's a great show. We went over it. You'll, j- you'll dig it. Uh, check out Ricky Rabies. <laughs> Getting it on in the ring on Turning Heels. Um, other than that, no, man, uh, everybody just take care of themselves and uh, get vaccinated. Love one another. Be nice. That's been confirmed for season two now, right? It has been confirmed for season two. So catch up. Yeah, we'll be getting you back next year, hopefully for that. Um, I I do need to catch up. I saw the first episode and then life got in the way. But uh, now I've I've got a bit more time on my hands. So I I think I'll I'll actually do that now. I've finished my Spider-Man rewatch. Well, you can find me at Davey Portman. Follow at Up Next Podcast on Twitter as well. And follow the Up Next Facebook group. Join it. Um, we'll keep you updated. Everything we've got going on. As I said at the beginning of the show, we do an NXT review show every week at 10.15 Eastern time on Patreon. Sorry, twitch.tv slash Podcast, And that's available for free on the Up Next feed. Give us a follow. We, follow, we cover AEW and NXT every week. We do... Uh, a monthly free movie review. We've been working our way through all the Batman films. That's on that feed. There's a lot of content there for free that you can go back and listen to. But if that's not enough, patreon.com slash up next. 
uh, where we do a lot of retro wrestling reviews. We have a series called Best Match Ever, where we look back at, at certain wrestlers, greatest matches in their careers, greatest match types. We've done a whole episode covering the greatest Hell in a Cell matches, greatest TLC matches, all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, then we have our What's Next show looking at 2013 NXT, as well as a lot of movie reviews. We felt so festive this year. Uh, we did our Jack Frost week where we looked at the 1997 film Jack Frost, which was a, a horror film about a, a murderer who dies and turns into a snowman and continues murdering people. And then we did the 1998 family film Jack Frost, which is That's about right. Michael Keaton. This this rocker with a family who who dies and turns into a snowman and and hangs out with his son at Christmas. It's beautiful. So listen Great to us dad. compare and contrast them. Uh, lots more shows coming up. We'll be having our best match of 2021 coming up in the new year. And you'll be hearing from me very soon as well, as I'll be joining John and Way on the best of and worst of shows of 2021. They're always so much fun. Um, and really looking forward to that. So help me out. Help me out with my list, guys. Send me a tweet. What, what were your worst moments and your best moments of the year? I'd love to know your thoughts. Um, but thank you, John Way, for giving me the space tonight. Um, hope they're having a great Christmas. Uh, thank you guys for listening and sticking with us. And we'll be chatting to you again very, very soon. So take care. Goodbye. Be safe. Fuck 2021. Bring on 2022. Happy New Year. Ahoy! Oh